So we had a great discussion last month. I heard a lot of good comments from the guys. We want to go in a little, a little deeper in that direction today. And you notice I got a, a black felt pen for me and, and a brown one in case it goes dry. And I got a pink one for Doug. <laughs> Sometime, yeah. So uh, I, here's, here's what I want to start with today. I want to ask the question, why is God's word important? We talk about the Bible being the word of God. We believe it is God's word speaking to us. God's word, it's a map and a guide for our lives. Why is God's word important? Give, give me some thoughts real quickly. Why is God's word so important? Okay. Gives us direction. Okay, accountability. Okay. Accountability. Truth, comfort. What else? Power. Okay, power comes from God's word. It's alive and powerful. Confidence. Confidence. There you go. Tell you what, you guys are awake on a Saturday morning. Discernment. What was that? Okay, direction, let's put it up here, and guidance. Anything else important in here? Okay. Somebody say love. He shows us what love is, defines love for us. Okay. Now, we could go on and probably come up with a few more if we took a few minutes. But here's what I want to start with today. All of this, I believe, is true. But I want you to look, and we're going to put the verse on the screen. 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17. Now, let's look at what it says. All Scripture, everybody say All Scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. What it literally, I think, says in the original writings is all scripture is God, God breathed. Remember when God created Adam and Eve, God created man. It says he breathed the breath of life into them. And man became a living soul. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God breathed and it's profitable. God's word is profitable. So what I want to do here, I want us to take the key words out of these next couple of verses and show you some things. God's word is profitable for what? For doctrine, which is teaching. For reproof. Reproof basically is it's the conviction. It's the information that convinces us of what's right and wrong. For correction... Or if I'm on a wrong pathway, it'll show me the right pathway. And then instruction, I'm going to abbreviate that. Instruction in righteousness or rightness. Okay? This is what the Bible brings to us. This is what God's Word brings to us. And it goes on to say in the next verse, verse 17, that the man of God... Everybody raise your hand up. I am a man of God. Say that. I am a man of God. 
If you're God's son, you're a man of God. That the man of God may be complete. God doesn't want you to be incomplete. He wants you to be complete. He wants you to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, God's word will give us what we need to successfully navigate life. Everybody on board with me? Okay, now let's talk about this for a moment. And I don't want you to answer out loud, but just think with me. Is God's word profitable for you in everyday life? Does God's word teach you? It's supposed to. It's supposed to be profitable. Do you ever read in the scripture and you find evidence of something that maybe you didn't realize before and all of a sudden there's this conviction? It's like you're weighing the evidence and you realize, wow, this is true and I didn't realize it. That's what scripture does for us. It's supposed to. Do you ever read something that corrects you? Too often. Okay, that's good. I like that answer. Does it ever instruct you in the right pathway? See, righteousness really means rightness. Walking the right pathway, living the right way, doing the right things. So God's word is supposed to do all of this. And before we move to the next part of this, I, I want to just make a couple of comments here. I've been in the ministry a lot of years now. When I was a young minister, reading the Bible was work for me. Because it was a part of my job. Learning the Bible was part of my job. And because I was a part of a church organization and a church system, I spent a lot of my time in the scripture trying to cement the doctrines that I had been taught. So whenever I opened up the Bible, it was just to prove, yeah, we're right about this. And we're right about this. And we're right about this. I had to be able to defend what the organization believed. Therefore, my time in God's word was not profitable that much to me personally. It was profitable to the work that I was doing. But here's, here's what I want you to hear today. Through the years, things have changed. Today, God's word is my life. It's my life. Um, I got my Bible with me here, one of my Bibles. Everybody needs a Bible. Whether it's a big thick one or a thin one like this or a, a smaller one, if it's on your phone or your iPad, I do most of my morning time with God on my iPad or on my phone. Just sitting in my chair, having my coffee, reading scripture, talking to God. Now, I want to say this again. God's word is life to me now. Because it instructs me, it corrects me, it teaches me, it shows me the right way to walk with God. It shows me how to do marriage. How many want a happy marriage? You know, every man wants a wife, but do you want a happy marriage? Well, we, we have a responsibility in that. We tend to look at our spouse and say, make me happy. Our job is, is to be godly men and keep our, give our wives what they need so they can live a, a fruitful life, and then they make us happy. It shows me how to raise my children. It shows me how to be a good grandfather. It shows me how to do my job, how to be honest, how to live with integrity and do my work. It shows me how to be a good neighbor. See, what I'm telling you is God's word will guide every area of our lives.
every area. How about this one? God's word will show us how to handle money and how not to handle money, how to understand money. Did you know money's neutral? Money's neutral. It's not good or bad. What you do with it is good. Money's not the root of all evil. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, I won't get into that today. We'll save it for another meeting. But the point I want to make is God's word was given to us to help shape our lives so that we can navigate life successfully. How many want to be successful in life? What, what, area, what area do you want to be successful in? All areas. Then maybe I need to hear what the creator has to say about all those areas. So the last part of this, and Doug's getting ready to, to jump in here. The last part of this is, how do I allow and how do I make God's word personal for me? Do you ever get in scripture and you start reading along and, and you get bogged down? It's like, man, I don't know what this is talking about. I don't know. I'm all this stuff. I'm getting it in my head, but I don't know what's. You can really get lost, especially in the Old Testament. You can get lost back there. You can get lost in the book of Revelation. I know a lot of guys. I know a lot of experts who are lost in the book of Revelation. That was supposed to be funny. I guess it wasn't. Uh, but, but my point is, God's word needs to become personal to us. It needs to be God speaking to me. So we want to talk today about how do I let God's word become personal for me? Gary and I spend a lot of time as, with the priority of, of, the, of men and the spiritual side of men. Um, in this, in this today's society, that's kind of, not, you know, what, what, what's that? That's old, old school and everything else. But it's actually extremely important that the men get this and understand this. And so we're always trying to figure out what is, the th what is it that we need to do to feed so that you will have tools um, to become that man of God. And then we're already a child of God, but to grow into the man of God and the man of God that, that leads and does, uh, follows what God has to say. Um, after the last month, we felt like we needed to move, move a couple of steps forward. And so while last month was about truth and we talked about the Bible, um, the Word of God, um, if... The best way I think we could summarize what we're going to talk about today is how do I hear from God? Okay? And our goal here is to walk away from this discussion, have everyone walk away from the discussion with some practical tools and understandings about how you can hear from God. It's, I mean, Gary's right. I've, I've, there's been times... <laughs> In my ministry, it was always the same thing. In the church I was a part of and, and, and the culture and the traditions I, I grew up in and stuff, I found myself most of my time in the Word was to defend my position because that's how I got paid. You know, it was my job. And, stuff. and one of the things that after I, after I moved away from that that I was able to discover was when it was no longer required by me or by, by someone else to believe in X, Y, or Z, when that was no longer required, I could start thinking. And that was a, a revelation to me that, was, um, that changed my life in that point. And so what we'd like to do is skip to that with everybody, okay, is that it's not so much you are being told what to believe, but how you hear from God so that you yourself have, that your belief system is based on what God has told you through his word. Um, one of the things, uh, Gary, I want to have a conversation with you in front of these guys here. Um, 
Yeah, Hebrews 4.12. I'm going to read it real quick if I can see it. Don't throw it on the screens. No, they have that ready? Oh, good. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Does the word Bible show up in that verse anywhere? It's an easy question, guys. Does it? Oh, no. It doesn't show up there at all. It's the word of God. And, Gary, the thing that hit me, and I'd like for you to kind of address this a little bit, then I'll, I'll chime in as necessary. Um, when this was written, when the writer of Hebrews wrote this about the word of God and the power of the word of God, there was no Bible. Yeah. See, what we, what we are assuming in 21st century Christendom is that every time we see the word word of God, we think Bible. Okay? Now, the Bible is the word of God. It's, it's, it's the things that God has said has all been compiled. So it's infallible, it, it's true, and all those good things. But at that point, this is about hearing from God. And so if I would put it this way, hearing from God, when you hear from God, it's living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Hear, hearing from God pierces even to the division of the soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow. And hearing from God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Do you see the difference there, how you think there? You guys, you're tracking with me here? It's not that I'm discounting the Word of God because this is the Word of God, the Bible. There's no question about that in my mind. No question whatsoever. Um, but I want to spread this here because there's other ways God talks to us. So, Gary, can you talk to us about that? How do we hear from God? Yeah, let, let, me, let me jump into this point because uh, I think what we're wanting to get to today is God, God wants to speak to us. God wants to speak to us. He's given us this word so we can sit down and read it and spend time with him and think about what it says and see what God is saying to us. The Holy Spirit, according to John's epistle, 1 John, it's either chapter 1 or 2, verse 27, I believe it is. It, it, it says that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Now, let, let me illustrate this to you because this happens to me quite often. I'll be hanging around the building here on Sunday morning after service, one of the services, and somebody will stop me and say, boy, I really appreciate what you shared today. And I say, really, what, what, what was it I shared that hit home? And they'll say, oh, well, it was point one or point two or point three. Every now and then, somebody will say to me, well, I really like what you shared about such and such. And I'll say, what do you mean? Well, you're talking about da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and it really hit me. And I'm sitting there thinking, I didn't say anything about that today. And what happens a lot of times is God will use word that is being taught or word that you read in Scripture, and all of a sudden he'll touch a nerve in your heart and say, hey, let's talk about this today because you need some help here. Let, let me help you out here. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. He's the one that convinces us that the word of God is truth. Therefore, while we are reading the word, everybody get this, while I'm reading the word, the word is reading me. Okay, I'm reading the word and the word is reading me. So what happens is the spirit of God takes the word of God and begins to speak to us. Now, we don't want to get in right now to, to the fact, well, the Holy Spirit can speak to you in other places. Yes, he can. We all know that. We'll get to that later. But we're talking right now about God's word and the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes the word and uh, that verse again, Travis 4.12, Hebrews 4.12 it says the word of God is even able to separate between soul and spirit. 
See, what's going on inside of me, some of it's soul, some of it's spirit. Some of it's the work of God. Some of it's just my mind trying to sort stuff out. Some of it's my wrong thinking. The, Ho- the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and it slices and dices. It's even able to separate the soulish part that's going on and the spirit part that's going on. And then help me understand that. So the point that we want to start with today is I need to learn how, and all of us are wired differently, so we're going to do things differently. But all of us need to learn how to make time for God to let his word speak to us and let the Holy Spirit take the word and speak into our lives. Okay? And we do it different ways. Doug, go ahead and start here, and then maybe I'll chime in in a minute. Have you, have you ever, just raise your hand if this has ever happened to you, when you've been reading, reading the Bible and then something just jumped out at you? Yeah, raise your hand. Okay. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. It's this, I mean, this is a book. It's got a lot of pages and um, it's a lot of words and such, but it's more than that. And you can, what we want to talk about, and we're going to go through a couple processes here that we use to do this, is that learning to hear when you're reading this word and when you read it and what you hear and then what you do about it. And we're going to do a little exercise about that here in a bit. But what, we want to just give you some examples yeah. of what we do. So you want me to start with that? Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Um, here's what I do virtually every day. And, so, and this is not, thus saith the Lord. This is what ha- has worked out for me. And probably next year I'll do it a little bit different. So this I'm trying to be, hear God to this kind of thing. But I, I, call, I call it my conversation with God in the mornings. Um, this is separate from any kind of preparation for something like this. This is just my time to have a conversation with God. And it starts off, I always read in the book of Psalms. I like the book of Psalms because virtually every one of those Psalms is some version of a conversation with God somebody's having. David, Moses, whoever is having a conversation with God. And those conversations and how they are conducted are always revealing to me. Sometimes it's praise God, praise God, praise God. God's awesome and everything else. And other times it's God, you promised this, but it's not happening. What's up? I mean... It's all of that and everything in between. And what that tells me is that both those kind of conversations that I need to have with God are okay. Where sometimes we feel like I really can't question God because he's God and I'm not. And, you know, and then that's, that's something that we had to break through so we can have an authentic discussion with the God of creation who sent his son to die for us. Now, I start off with that. Then I move into to more of a personal and this personal thing for me is, and I've done it several ways, um, is over, a year, over the years I've come across certain verses and certain sections of the Bible that have, that have jumped out to me. Right now there's several of those that I read every day in the personal time. And I do that to remind myself, God said this to me one day. And I put it in my Bible. I, I, my Bible's all marked up. You look at that thing, you see highlights, you see dates, you'll see notes next to it and everything else. But I'll, I'll read those things that are very personal to me because God said that to me. Now, he may have originally said it to David or someone else. But for some reason, this is the part about hearing from God. As I'm, as I'm going through this, something stirs in me. And I look at it again. It just jumps out. And literally, guys, I'm, some of you could probably have testimonies about this as well, where it's like it just jumped out at you. You knew. You knew that was for you. I keep track of those. And I, so my, the second phase of this for me is to go through and, what is, you know, and remind myself of what God told me. Because if God told it to me, it must have been important. So I try to remember that. 
Then I move into a study time. That's where I move into to the New Testament. And that's typically, uh, I'll read, I'll, I, sometimes I'll read if it's a short book, because, right, you know, there's time constraints here. Uh, if it's a short book, I'll, um, I'll read the whole thing. But typically it's a chapter in the New Testament, but I'll go through that, chap, that book chapter by chapter. And through all of this, I have on my list here, it's prayer. I finish it off with prayer, but really the prayer has been going all the way through. Because as I'm reading all of this, I'm talking to God about it. Okay? And that's Okay. Um, when you're reading the book of Psalms and something jumps out at you, you say, God, what's that about? And you start having a, con- <coughs> excuse me, a conversation with God about those things. Um, some of the things that, that I use as tools. This is one I used forever. And I'm not suggesting you have to do this, but I'm going to suggest you find a tool of some sort to write down what you've just been through, whatever study style you end up with. This box here is full of everything I just told you. And what I used to do was I would write them. I have all these different sections. I start off with praising God and everything else. And then I, a section of, of requests. There's a section of everything possible in there. And this is, used to be my prayer every, every morning, my prayer time. I'm not suggesting do that. I don't do this anymore because I, moved, I, I do something else now. This is, this is my journal. And this is what, when I'm reading the word, I don't do it every day. But when something pops out at me, I write it down somewhere. And once again, I'm going to keep hitting at this. Write these things down. When God says something to you, write it down. Mark it in your Bible. Do something to remind yourself of that. Because I can't tell you the power. Anybody else do this journaling thing other than me? Okay. You probably testify with me that, that when you're going through some hard times, go back and read through the journal. And you can begin to see, well, God was faithful there, God was faithful there, God was faithful there, God was faithful there. We tend to forget those things. That's where the, the journaling comes in. Let me finish with one more thing here, Gary. Um, the, one of the things that I think sometimes us guys up here communicate to you, the folks in the, in, in the pews is that you've got to know Greek and Hebrew to really know the Bible. Right? Because, and you'll hear us talk about, well, in the original language it says, and sometimes we're, we'll, we'll get really fancy and we'll... We'll say the word because we can. And you won't know the difference because you don't know Greek, so we can mess it up all we want. But, you know, we talk about the Greek words and everything else. That's not trying to be smart here. We're not really doing that. We're trying to communicate to you what, the, what it really says. But what we don't want to communicate to you is you can't really understand the Bible unless you know Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic. That is so not true. Here's a couple of hints for you. One of my favorite apps I have on my phone on my phone. It's, it's so cool. You put it on the computer, too. It's called the Blue, Blue Letter Bible. Anybody else ever use that? Okay. If you haven't, download it today, the Blue Letter Bible. And that, you can do two things with that. If there's, a search, there's a search in that in there. If you look at the word, say, you come across 1 Corinthians 13, and it talks about love. And you really want to understand, what, what's God mean by love? All you got to do is, I mean, all you got to do, this could take forever. But um, just go use the Blue Letter Bible app, do a search on love, and it'll show every verse in the Bible that word shows up. And by the time you've gone through half up, you're going to know what God meant by love. You didn't have to look at the Greek, the Hebrew, the Aramaic. You knew you did this in English. And 99.9% of the time, you can have a very accurate understanding by doing it that way about what God meant by the word of love or sin or, or you name a word in there somewhere. If you want to go into the original languages, that same app will help you do that. 
Um, those are a couple of things to do that we would encourage you. This is what I do. Um, I would encourage you to pick one or make one up yourself. But please don't walk out of here without an understanding or at least a conviction or an intention to do something more than just read it. Somehow find a way to make it personal, to allow God to jump out at you and say, hey, this is for you today. Gary. Yeah, and, and let me throw in here, because what you're going to see the next three minutes is Doug and I do things differently, okay? Um, Nick's sitting over here, Pastor Nick. He would probably do things differently. Pastor Corey, he would do things differently. Around the tables, everybody does it differently because we, we develop a system that works for us. So I, I mentioned earlier, I, I have a problem. Okay, I have, well, I have two or three problems. You ask my wife, I got more than that. But when it comes to this subject, I have a problem. One, one is I have a very short attention span, okay? Uh, I'm, I may be ADD. I'm not ADHD, but I, I may be ADD, okay? So my mind tends to wander. Here's the thing. In my early years, I read the Bible to learn, but now I've learned how to spend time with God in the word rather than just trying to read the Bible to learn to teach. And what will happen is in the mornings I'll be reading scripture and I'll run across something. I'm like, ooh, wow, I could preach that. And the next thing you know, my time with God is gone and I'm off studying, making notes for a sermon or a teaching I'm going to do. So I have really have to work hard to keep myself somewhat disciplined to know when I need time with God and when I need time for study. So having said that, what I do in the mornings, I get up normally pretty early. I go get my cup of coffee. I sit down in my favorite chair and I just open up my Bible, usually on my phone. And, you know, I know the scripture fairly well, Old Testament, New Testament. So I kind of know if there's something that's bothering me, I know where to read, uh, so on and so forth. But here's, here's the flip side of that. I also do things somewhat systematically. I'll take a book of the Bible and I'll read through it. Uh, like Doug said, if I get into the epistles, I might read through an entire epistle in, in one morning or sometimes two. Uh, a few days ago, I sat down and read about two-thirds of the book of Revelation uh, at the end. And when I got finished, I was thoroughly, thoroughly confused, okay? So, uh, and I don't say that to be smart. Uh, I'm just saying I don't have all the answers about that. But here, here's the point I want to make to you. I'll start reading, for example. Now, let me illustrate this to you. There are days when I have some real challenging decisions to make. Does anybody ever have days when you've got to make some important decisions? On those days, I almost always read the proverb for that day. Today's the 20th. I got up this morning. I don't have anything pressing today, but I read Proverbs 20 anyway. Verse 3 jumped out at me. In today's society, here's what it says. It is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool could start a quarrel. Boy, everybody is arguing and fussing about stuff. There's more wisdom in just being quiet and saying, you know what, I have an opinion, but I'll just keep it to myself. You know, it's obvious you want to argue. I'm not going to argue with you. Here's the point. The reason most of us have a lot of problems in life is because we make bad decisions. Us. I'll start with Doug, then me. <laughs> the reason we have problems in life is we make bad decisions. I, at least once a year, I go through all the Proverbs. Oftentimes, I'll read the Proverb of the day. Why? Because I want wisdom. 
I, I'm, I'm tired of making stupid decisions and hurting my family, myself, my finances, my children, the, the church. I don't want to hurt people. I want to live, live wisely. So I'll read Proverbs because there's wisdom there. Other times I'll be reading in, in one of the gospels. I may be reading in the Old Testament, but here's what I'm going to show you. When I'm reading, I'll be reading along and all of a sudden, like Doug said, something jumps off the page and it grabs me here. And when I have that happen, I'll sit and, and look at that verse for several minutes. Because I'm a teacher, my favorite app, and it's different from Doug's, but it's similar. My favorite app, and I've got it on my phone, I've got it on my iPad. My favorite app is Strong's Concordance. And I'll be reading through Proverbs or wherever it is, and I run across a word, and I think, well, exactly what does that word mean in the original writings? Go to my Strong's, that verse, I can touch that word with my thumb and it pops up, there's the definition of it right there. And it brings me more clarity as to what God is saying. Now this is, this is just how I do things. And then I have conversations with God. I get up before my wife because I don't want her to hear my conversations with God. Okay, that's, that's personal. If God starts talking to me about her or about me, uh, I need to keep that to myself, okay? But, but my point is, I start talking to God. God, help, help me to understand this. Help me to apply that. Help me to get a grip on this so it becomes a part of my life. Why? Because the word of God is to equip me for success. And whether it's pro profiting me with doctrine or reproof or correction or just instructing me in how to go. One of my favorite verses out of Psalms says that God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Shows me where I am, where I need to go next. So what I do is, I I'm not as... I'm not as uh, discipline is dug i may not get through the whole chapter because i may get to that one verse and i realize for this day this is the one thing i need to be dealing with when god touches my heart and shows me something i stay with it until i get it sorted out and i have this conversation with god and the funny thing is if you'll talk to god and just get still and listen he'll drop his information in your heart he'll speak to you he'll show you how to apply this stuff to your life that's what the spirit of god does there's a couple of things we want to want to make clear, um, and and thanks, Gary, for, for for doing that to begin that. The um, one of the reasons we wanted to have this discussion was is that we want to make sure that here at the bridge, everyone understands that yeah, when you're saved, that is awesome, and the angels are rejoicing in heaven, and and and. But then they move forward. It's called growth, and um, and such. And then the value of the Word of God, not so much for. I mean, it's all the things we talked about Hebrews. It's all the things it does. But at the end of the day, the value of listening to the Word of God. Well, to do that, you gotta, you got you to gotta hear it. you got to read it. Um, if you don't like to read, you can hear it. Get an audio version of the Bible. There's ways you can just listen to it. Um, but I knew, I knew that after I got through my part of, some, of, of the overview of how I do things and such, um, there would be this impression that Doug must spend three hours a day in the, in the Word, and I can't do that. First of all, I don't do that. <laughs> There's no way I have time for that. Um, but secondly, typically what will happen is the same thing Gary's talking about. I'll get to a certain point, and I'll get hit right between the eyes about something, and I stop there, and I spend time there. I may not finish the chapter. I'm with you on that. But what I want, we wanted to do here in the time we have left is a very simple exercise and if this is all you do, it's a huge, huge start to hearing from the Word of God. And are we ready for this now? Okay. So um, let me see what we have here on this. On this piece of paper, is, you have uh, Matthew 6.33. 
This is, I, I picked this, it's my life first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Here's what we want you to do. We don't want you to talk to each other at this point. Um, I want everyone to give everybody around your tables a little bit of space to do this individually. I'd like for you to go through this and read that scripture and just dwell on it. And, and Gary, before they, don't start yet, because Gary, I'm going to ask you to pray before they start, that they will hear from God. Um, you're going to answer three questions. Let me kind of explain the questions before you start. The first one is, what does it say? Don't make that hard. If, you may, if, if, if all you do is rephrase the verse, that's what it says. Do that first. The second question you ask is, what does it say to me? You want to hear from God. What is God saying to me about that verse? And then the third question you're going to say is, what am I going to do about it? Write it all down. There's no wrong answers here. There really are not. But what this is is an opportunity to open up the, your heart and the spirit to let God speak to you through his word. So, Gary, if you could pray for them, and then we'll, we'll have them do it. Yeah, and I want, I want to say this before I pray. Uh, this is not, we're not telling you this is how you have to do it every day. No. No, we're just showing you one way of letting God word. Be able to say, okay, God, I want, you to, I want you to speak to me. What do I need to hear today? You run across this verse, and it jumps off the page. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Now, you've been reading along. You know the context of what he's talking about. Here's his instruction. Seek first the kingdom of God. Now, here's, here's what I would do if this verse grabbed my attention. I, would, I wouldn't make a big holy moment and, you know, get on my knees, although sometimes I do. wouldn't get on my knees and cross my hands and say, oh, thou most holy God. That's not what I do. I'd say, Father, I know this word's grabbing me today, and I know that you're trying to tell me something. So I open my heart to you, and I ask you, to help me be honest with you and just let you speak and say what you need to say that will help mold and shape my life into what it needs to be. So speak to me now in Jesus' name. And I'll start meditating on that verse and let him speak to me. And he just starts dropping thoughts into my heart. So I want you to take this verse, read the verse, and then do this little exercise real quick there on your paper. Okay, it's private for nobody else to see. It's just for you. Yeah, I think I just did, but I thought I did, but... I was just showing you that's how I pray. God, it's a, God, God, help us to help us to do what I just said in, in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah, we'll pray for a pen. We got an extra we need a pen, right? We got an extra pen over here somewhere. All right, great. All right, go ahead. Okay, guys, if we could just um turn back up here again for now. Um, one of the things we wanted to make clear um, is that after we've talked about these different ways of doing our personal studies, in the last, what, four minutes, five minutes, I believe lives have changed already just by doing this little thing. You don't have to spend hours. Jesus said that when he left, he was going to send the helper. This is, and he's, the, the helper has worked already. There's probably gentlemen in here right now who um, are looking at this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And you're looking at this going, I have not been doing that. I'm making decisions right now and I haven't even considered what God might be wanting in this, in this context. And the Spirit's talking to you about that. That's the helper doing his thing. And that's the whole thing, hearing from God so that the word can be profitable, so the word can do all these things and teach and reprove and correct. 
and instruct in rightness. Those are, that's what happened in the last five minutes is all we're talking about. And our encouragement to you to do is to do that. Have the discipline to do it every day. Or, it's, I mean, I, ideally, I'd like it's, it's all to do it every day. But pick a number of days a week and start there so that the Spirit of God can help you, and it, it'll move you through the right direction. Seek first scheme of God is righteousness, so that's the first thing you do. Go for it, guys. Now, I want to I walk you through this exercise real quickly. We're, we're going to wrap up here in a few minutes. Uh, I want us to look at this verse one more time. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Now, I might have an advantage over a few of you because I know the context because I've taught from this passage of Scripture many, many times. Jesus is talking to them saying, why are you worrying basically about food, clothing, and shelter? Why are you worried about those things? Your Father knows you have need those things. Uh, people who are not in relationship with God, in covenant with God, they need to be worrying about that stuff, but you don't need to be worrying about it. I feed the birds, I take care of the flowers, I'll take care of you. But then he sums it up, and here's what he says. But seek first. First. If you look at the word first, what does it mean? It's first. In the original writings, it's the primary thing. The first, most important thing. Seek first God's kingdom, which is his government in my life. And his righteousness, which is its character. Now, here's what happens to me when I read this verse, because I've taught from it so many times. What happens to me, God always takes me and sits me down and says, okay, Gary, are you trusting me to govern your life? See, here's the struggle most of us men have. We feel like we have this need to control everything and make everything come out right. If it doesn't come out right, my wife's going to be upset. My kids are going to be upset. The boss is going to be upset. My business is going to fail. If I don't do everything, and, that, and there's some truth to that, we have a responsibility. But what we fail to understand is God wants to partner with us in life. And if he's leading us and we're following him, he wants to help us be successful. And I have a tendency to say, how do I fix all of these things? As I was doing this exercise a moment ago, God just spoke to me real simply and said, Gary, you need to focus on some other things and quit trying to do my job for me. Now, that may not hit home with anybody else here, but it hit home with me. Because sometimes I try to manage God's stuff for him. Can I get a bobblehead in the house? Sometimes God says, you need to relax, buddy. You, you just need to relax a little bit. You're taking yourself away too seriously. You're not God. I'm God. Walk with me and trust me. So she says, if I will put him first, seek his government and his character, what happens? He makes sure that I have the things that I need in life. So here's the last part of that. What am I going to do about it? God may show me, you, you need to make an adjustment here. He just spoke to me something that's very personal. I'll keep it to myself. I'm going to make an adjustment there. But then, here's the last thing that I'll do with this. Father, thank you for speaking to me today. Thank you for giving me clarity. And I commit to making a a change here. I commit to adjusting this area of my life. I lay this thing down at your feet. I want you to be God, and I want to be your son. So you show me what I need to do, and then I'm going to leave the rest to you and let you do your part and believe that you'll bless my life the way you promised you will. God, 
correct my heart, adjust my heart, put it in tune with you today. In Jesus' name, I ask it. And then I'll just meditate on a minute. That, that's how my quiet time works. Yours will be different, but figure that out. Figure that. Doug, you want to throw something in here? When it says, seek first the kingdom of God, if you're wondering what that looks like, it's what we're talking about today. Think about it. Yeah. It's what we're talking about today. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things should be added unto you. Seek first. Get into the word. If that's, if that's all you start doing, holy cow. Yep. You've opened up the gates of heaven into your life. And stuff, but the next thing is what are you going to do about it? Because some of the things that God's going to say to us aren't going to be comfortable with maybe our wife or our boss or, or our kids or our, our habits or the things, you know, whatever it might be. God's saying, you know, let's, let's just talk about this thing. And your question is, what are you going to do about it? Because if it doesn't move in from up here into here and you do something about it, then you've pretty much just, you know, wasted your time. Yeah. Our goal is to get us to walk out of this, out of this place. Understanding here is, here's what God's word says. Here's what it says to me. And here's what I'm going to do about it. And I guarantee you guys, as you went through there, we've been talking about how do you hear from God? You heard from God today. Now, what are we going to do about it? Before we go, I'm just as a shot in the dark. Didn't plan on doing this. Did anybody have God just drop something in your heart about this verse and you're willing to just be vulnerable and share it? What, what did God say to you? Seek him first. Seek him when? First. You know what that is? It, God says, get your priorities right. Get your priorities. Somebody else. God says something personal that you're not afraid to share. Yeah, I mean, I really read that as, as really seeking to not, not just understand, I guess, the, the Bible or whatever, but to understand what God's purpose is for your life and what he has for you to do in his kingdom and use that as a filter for all the decisions that you make. You know, it, it's that, it's this decision pointing in the direction of, of that purpose that God has for my life. Yeah. Anybody else? Good. Did everybody hear that? I want to make sure everybody, say that again. Every answer and solution to your issues is in seeking the order of God before all else. That's good. Somebody else back here. Yes, sir. Good. 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 Chuck, let me ask you a question. Raise your hand. Everybody see Chuck. Chuck has been a pastor. He's been a Bible college teacher, Bible college president, a missionary. Uh, he's done it all. And when he grows up, he's going to figure out what he wants to do with his life. Uh, but Chuck and I become great friends. I love Chuck. Chuck, just in a quick capsule, how do you do your time with God after all these years? Uh, get a mic to you here. It varies from time to time and sometimes it's not very good sometimes it's really good one of the things I do is to read from several different versions of the Bible and uh, 
the uh, I kind of grew up on on the old American standard, the 1901 version. Uh, I was 75 years old when that version was translated. <laughs> but in recent years, I've I've moved more toward the NIV generally. But I have found that the message, while it's not strictly a translation, often it's more of a paraphrase. The message takes these verses that I've read all my life and sometimes just gives me that new uh, insight that I've, I've been wanting. Something you said earlier, Gary, about uh, these aha moments when you're reading the Bible and wham, that hits you in the face. Uh, Gary did not ask me to tell you this, but uh, one of the things I like about our preaching staff here at the church is that... Uh, Every Sunday, it seems like they will say something that just gives me a new insight as to what the Bible means at that point. Or maybe they're taking two or three different texts of the Bible and pulling that together, and, and it just gives me a, an aha moment. So um, I don't know if I've answered your question, but these are things that have popped up as I was listening to this today. Yeah, I just wanted guys to understand, you've you got to develop your own way of doing this, and you will work it out. You'll try things, do it different ways, find what works for you. Um, Gary, Andy. Gary, I mean, yeah. I, before you do that, he just made a point here that I want to really hit real briefly. Um, how many of you have been walking with, with Jesus for a year or less? Raise your hand. Five years or less. Five years, okay. Ten years or less. Okay, um, let's go with 15 years or less, 20 years or less, 25 years or less. Okay, Chuck, how, how long have you been walking with God? 79 years. 79 years. You're only 70. <laughs> okay, the reason is, Gary, how long have you been walking with God? Uh, seriously? Um, yeah. 50 years. Yeah, I've been a little over 50 years myself. The, the point of this thing is, is Chuck... And, uh, and, and Gary would say the same thing. I, I would too. We have these aha moments, and we've been doing this for a long time. You better believe it. And so this is a journey that you're going to get on um, that if, if, if folks have been doing this for a long time and God is still talking to us, you know, there's, I'm hearing something new. That kind of, he's doing the same thing for you guys. There's a whole treasure there. That's just a point I just want to make real quick. Andy Davies, uh, real quick, how do you do your time with God? Good. Ralph Plum. Ralph, um, you know, you're like Joel Holm. I don't know how we define what you do. Uh, Ralph works with ministries all over the country and all over the world, travels constantly, writes books, does all kinds of stuff. He's involved in a lot of ministry. How do you do your time with God?
I've done God Calling, uh, a, a, a daily a devotional, and then I have at least two books that I read a few chapters, and um, that usually consumes close to an hour. And then my prayer time is spotty. Sometimes, uh, I, I don't know if I have ADHD, ADD, or what I have, but I, you know, I'll start doing the same thing. I'll start praying for something, and then I'll get up and write things. And um, <laughs> so I, 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 I just purchased a little ottoman because I'm going to what I'm going what I'm going to do for me is is actually kneel down and and try to put my body in a position where I'm, I'm less likely to go off on on a tangent. But it's a really rich time, usually in the morning, three, four, five in the morning is my time. Now, but see, Ralph, how many hours do you sleep a night normally? Five. So he's one of those guys that can function on five hours. See, I can't do that. So he, he's a whole different. Everybody's different. Find what works for you. Now, here's what I want to do in closing. Uh, we, we could stay with this a long time. If you'll come back tomorrow morning, you'll hear me talk about one of my aha moments in church. Okay, so I'm going to share in my sermon tomorrow an aha moment that, that really adjusted my life a few months ago. So if you want to sit and visit for a few minutes, talk about this, great. When you're finished, if you don't mind, you want us to, to stack the chairs and... Yeah, if we can just stack the chairs, it'd be great. It'll, it'll save our guys some time. Hey, thanks. We love you and appreciate you.